The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Deshra. Brooke, a tough weekend for the Flyers. No Travis Konecki for two games because of his upper body injury and two losses to Metropolitan Division teams, a 2-1 loss to the Rangers and a 7-6 loss to the Penguins. Brooke, looking at those two games and just kind of the chaos of the weekend, what was your biggest takeaway from them? I, this, <laughs> this was a very stressful weekend for me, yeah. mainly because they should have won on Saturday against the Rangers. Yeah. They outplayed New York. They rightfully deserved two points. That was a frustrating loss, but it was a loss that you were like, okay, you know, they're, they're playing with some of the top, like they're competing and they're playing well against a top team in the league. That's great. And then you come in against Pittsburgh and you're like, all right. Here we go. It's the second half of the weekend back-to-back. They're going to have tired guys on the ice. It's still a game that you should hopefully win against Pittsburgh. I'm more frustrated about the loss against the Penguins than I am against the Rangers, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do, and we'll get into goaltending in a bit, but you score six goals in a game, you should win that game. I think it's it's plain and simple that way. And I think aside from the chaos of goaltending and you know the how unreliable Cal Peterson really was against Pittsburgh the Flyers played a solid game so I I don't know it's just it's a really weird weekend Mm -hmm. of takeaways because you have a really great moral loss (laughs) against New York and a really really crappy loss I don't even know a better word for it against Pittsburgh so I don't know. It's I don't like the fact that they didn't get a single point against two metropolitan teams. But you know, we move on. Get ready for Tampa Bay on Tuesday. <laughs> it, it, no, it was it was an odd weekend. Just given you really think there's a chance they could get blown out on Saturday against the first place Rangers, a team they've struggled with, a team that was red hot with and they're without Konechny, mm-hmm. and they were more than competitive more than competitive. Uh, and then Pittsburgh, you're thinking this is the game they really need. They want to kind of bury the Penguins a little bit, and they give up seven goals. They score six, as you mentioned, without their all-star mm-hmm. leading scorer. You think that's a game they want to win, should have won. That's a tough one to evaluate. And I, absolutely, Brooke, I think that's one that probably frustrates the head coach more than the one on Saturday. Um, I mean, I, I watched Saturday's game and I kept thinking to myself throughout the whole time, I'm like, this is the best hockey game I've watched all season. Yeah. It was so competitive on both sides of the ice. And it was just like, it just felt like such a huge playoff atmosphere, genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, like like you had said at Wells Fargo, it was very 50-50 crowd-wise. But the energy was there. The game, like the productivity, it was, it was there. It was a great game. 
Yeah. Yeah. Tons of Rangers mm-hmm. fans, but that's to be expected. I mean, it's a, it's a very doable trip. Ranger fans, I think plan for those games and they have a great team. Mm-hmm. Flyers. I thought had a lot of fans there too. I thought it was definitely half, half, maybe even 60, 40 Flyers fans. Of course, Rangers fans, when they're in another team's building, they get loud, especially when they jump out the leads. I mean, who are we to talk? Flyers do the same thing. Right. So it's fine. But you're right. It made it for a great atmosphere. And I thought the Flyers fed off of it. I mean, they put 40 shots on Igor Shesterkin. Mm-hmm. It was a tough loss. A tough loss. New York did what they do. Um, and they, they got timely goals. They got great goaltending. And but the Flyers did the that fly- without Konechny. Yeah, that's what was impressive I think to me. That's, that's the biggest takeaway from that. You put Konechny in that lineup. I genuinely think the Flyers come away with a win. Yeah. I do. Um, and then luckily for Flyers, they had the return of Tyson Forrester, mm-hmm. who made huge impact the past two games. He had two goals in Pittsburgh. He had one um, against New York. And, you know, I, maybe that was kind of a wake-up call for him being like, I need to come in and step up immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's that's hugely beneficial for the Flyers. But, yeah, I just – it was a really – interesting weekend like i i don't really know i'm very indifferent right now because i was like i said i was thrilled about how they played against new york and then again it wasn't a bad game it was (laughs) if anything sunday's game was just the most annoying game i've watched all season i've had the best you had two opposite sides of the scale you have the best game of the season on saturday and then the most annoying one i'm putting that up there with like the loss to the sharks when the sharks didn't have a win and the Flyers lost to them. I'm like, oh, my God, you got to get a point against Pittsburgh. It was just agonizing. So I really thought that somehow that was going to go into overtime the way that the game has gone. You know, trailing two goal deficits twice, the Flyers come back. That's what they do. That's their story the whole season. But whew, that it was just a weird weekend of games, Jordan Hall. It was. A weird weekend. It was, broke. And as close as those games were, it just felt like a lost weekend in my eyes. I mean, a lost weekend in the sense that two Metropolitan Division teams that you don't get a point against either, despite the competitiveness of the games. And you lose Travis Konechny for a couple of games. And his injuries day-to-day, it's looking like it's not long-term. The Flyers even called it minor. But still, to, Thank God. to have your all-star and your leading scorer, this guy that we've called the engine and the heartbeat of the team, to be hurt and miss these pivotal games also, without a doubt, put a damper on the weekend. But, mm-hmm. Brooke, I think a big topic of debate right now is how the Flyers use their goalies this weekend. Samuel Erickson played Saturday. They went to the backup, Cal Peterson, on Sunday. Perhaps some people felt Sunday's game was more important, that they should have went with Erickson that game, Peterson on Saturday. How did you feel about the Flyers and, and how they deployed their goalies? You're playing the better team. You're going to play your better goalie. Yeah. I just I feel like it's... As simple as that. I couldn't even believe that that was really a a debate going into it. Like, yes, there's the whole conversation of, well, nobody's really going to catch the Rangers at this point. So the game against Pittsburgh is the more important one. Let's prioritize that. But I think that doing that almost goes against everything that this team has been working for this season, where they're not going to concede. They're not going to wave the white flag and be like, okay, like let's, let's try and win against Pittsburgh and just, you know, see what happens Saturday against New York. I mean, can you imagine after the outcome of Sunday's game, if you had Peterson playing against the Rangers, I mean, it could have been 10 goals at that rate. <laughs> like a lot of the goals that Peterson allowed were really 
soft, fluky goals that he really should have stopped. He really should have at the end of the day. And if I can't even imagine if the roles were reversed. I mean, there was even a point where people were talking about after the second period in Pittsburgh, well, you got to believe they're going to send Erson out there for the third period. No, (laughs) no, he just, he just played less than 24 hours ago and they have a game Tuesday night against another hard hitting Atlantic division team. So with Tampa Bay, you just, that was the right move. That was the right lineup of goalies. I just, you know, it's, it's sometimes you have guys that can steal games and Arison's stolen a couple games for the Flyers. They've unfortunately lost a game because of a goalie on Sunday, but it happens. It, you know, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, my initial thought, I was thinking about it on Friday at practice, um, thinking, how are they going to use their goalies this week? And my initial thought was, I wanted Peterson to go Saturday and I thought Arison goes Sunday. I did view Sunday's game as a bigger one. But then I I came around to the thought of I was okay with how they did it. Saturday's a big game. I I know they can't catch the Rangers, but it's without a doubt one of those measuring stick games that fans are going to be in the building for, and they want to see a competitive effort. And the Rangers have worked the Flyers recently over the last three years. They've come into their building with their fans, and they've embarrassed them a couple times. I thought that was an important game just for the psyche of the team. And also, really, for the fans to try to show the fans that they can play with the Rangers, they're going to be competitive with this team. I think you go with your best goalie there. It's an important game, just the optics of it. Go with your best goalie. And then you react Sunday. And reacting Sunday is going to your backup, Cal Peterson. So I didn't have a problem with it, Brooke. But I think another topic of discussion right now is, do the Flyers try to trade for a goalie? Brooke, I'm against it. (laughs) In Peterson's defense, that was one bad start. He's made two starts at the NHL level in 100-plus days. That was his first bad start in a while. It happens. I mean, listen, the guy has not played a lot. Two starts in 100-plus days. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to show some rust in the second half of a back-to-back against a Penguins team that looked pretty good, too. So I'm not saying Peterson's the best goalie ever, and I'm not saying there's a little bit of concern there. There is. There should be some concern. But it was one start. And I don't think the Flyers are going to be overreacting just yet, thinking they got to all of a sudden go out and buy a goaltender no. uh, by trading away some assets. Yeah. Um, I don't my, think they're there yet. My question for you is, do you see them still riding with Peterson after this, or do you see them calling up Felix Sandstrom? Because I felt like that was a huge topic of discussion after last night's game as well, Yeah, where I I feel like a lot of people have some short-term memory. They're like, like pull up. Sandstrom and see what he can do he has not had the best track record at the NHL level so do you think it's worth making that adjustment if they don't trade for a goalie at the deadline I am also on the same page I don't see them moving for a goaltender at this point in the season this early in the rebuild it's not it's not worth giving up any kind of assets however do you see them trying to much like how they've been doing you know juggling some of the younger forwards do you see them doing that with the goaltender and giving Sandstrom a call up? I think that's way more of a valid point, Brooke, of debating Sandstrom Pearson. Because if you listen to Danny Barrera, he said we're not trading assets for a run. Mm-hmm. And going out to get a backup goalie is supplementing one run. It's right. you know, it's it's not doing anything more than, hey, we need a backup to spell Airson for some games. I think they're gonna ride it out. But with Sandstrom, yeah, I think that could be a topic of discussion. 
if Peterson continues to struggle. They're going to need him. They have 15 games in March. It's a really difficult schedule. It's a busy schedule. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to use Peterson. I think if he continues to struggle, maybe to the magnitude of giving up seven goals like he did yeah. against Pittsburgh. And I'm with you, Brooke. He did not play well. He was not sharp. He left up. He allowed some soft ones. They kept fighting back. He needed to make a save to, to allow them to come back, and he just couldn't make one. But uh, I, I do feel for him that he hasn't played a lot, and I think that goes into the struggles. So, yeah, if he continues to struggle, Brooke, absolutely, I think Sandstrom perhaps could get a shot. But I think right now they're comfortable giving Peterson some more starts and doing what Tortorella said, giving Arison the lion's share of the games. Sure. Celebrity cook Steve Martirano brings his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. Make reservations for Martirano's Prime on Open Table. Brooke, before we get into our next topic, how do you feel about Sandstrom potentially being a backup, or are you okay with Peterson right now? Um... I mean, I wish I could just pass the question. <laughs> I don't think either one is an ideal situation. But again, this is also a scenario that nobody was really expecting at this point. So I think the Flyers are just kind of making do with what they have and, you know, mm. rolling with Arison for as much as they can and then throwing Peterson in here, like here and there. Um, I I've said it many times I don't feel comfortable with Peterson in net and I don't feel comfortable with Sandstrom in net because those are games that you're like, okay, it's not, it's not an automatic loss. Obviously I think Peterson had a great game against Seattle. Um, but at the same time, every night Arison's going out and giving you the opportunity to win a game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like everybody in front of whether it's Sandstrom or Peterson is going to have to do that much more to try and secure a win. So hmm. I'm just afraid that that would cause some sort of burnout, especially if they're trying to make some sort of push into, you know, late April into May with the like possibility of the playoffs. Um, I don't feel that great about either of them. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I think it's yeah. And I don't, I, and if the Flyers are going to even think about trading for a backup, if they were to do that without trying to give up, you know, reliable or not reliable, I should say valuable assets. I mean, I'm not sure they're going to get much better than Cal Peterson or Phil Sandstrom. Like they're just not, if, unless you're going to have to give something up to get a better goalie. Um, and I, you know, I think Peterson deserves a couple more starts to see if he can be better. Uh, I thought he was good against the Kraken. I thought he beat the Kings earlier in the season in November, Thought that was an impressive win. So I think he's got some experience and they're willing to go back to him and see, see how things go over the next week or so here. Yeah. But, Brooke, with the trade deadline getting closer and closer, the Flyers saw a potential development on their back end in that Sunday loss. Jamie Drysdale left in the second period after taking a big hit. He did not mm -hmm. return. It looked like an upper body issue, Brooke, maybe something to his left shoulder or arm area. As we all know, he missed the majority of the 2021-22 season. Um, excuse me, no, he missed the majority of last season uh, when he – had a torn labrum in his mm -hmm. left shoulder. So definitely some concern there. We don't know yeah. the extent of the injury yet. There's been no update. Uh, we don't know how severe it is or if he's going to miss any time or maybe extended time. But does that injury potentially, Brooke, if he's going to miss time, change how the Flyers view the trade deadline? No. Okay. <laughs> I think that anything that they... I, 
you're not going to keep Walker for 25 games or however many up until the deadline um, just because Drysdale may or may not be out for a substantial amount of time. Drysdale is a part of the future. I don't think Walker necessarily is. I still think you shop him. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't change the overall picture. And I think that so many of the conversations that we're having from this past weekend kind of play into the overall storyline of the Flyers this year, where they're not changing the main focus, like not to quote Jalen Hurts, but keeping the main thing, the main thing, (laughs) you know, you're building for a team to compete year in and year out. That is not going to change just because you may be missing Drysdale. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't have a good feeling <laughs> about the Drysdale injury. Yeah. Um, Didn't look great. He, it was it was a big hit. The minute he got off, he ran like ran off the ice down the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I just I think that he knew that something was up. And obviously, this is speculation. We haven't heard anything right now. Yeah. But there's a lot of concern, and that was the number one red flag when. Philly acquired him from Anaheim was his his past with injuries. Mm-hmm. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. And you know, he might be a day to day. That is a best case scenario. But regardless of the dry sale situation, I don't think it changes the overall look for how like the Flyers are going to work at the deadline. I still think they're going to try and move Walker. Um yeah, you got to move them. You got to. You're not going to be stagnant at the deadline. You're not. I think it absolutely makes them thinner defensively, especially with Stalanen's injury. We don't know the extent of that, but it's looking more and more like it's long-term. Mm-hmm. So if Drysdale's to miss time too, suddenly they have six healthy defensemen. And if they're to move Walker, they don't have enough defensemen. But I do think they could make a call-up rook at Lehigh and get a serviceable guy that can come up. Without a doubt, it will be a loss if they were to trade Walker and then not have Drysdale sure. or Ristolainen either. Suddenly, a, 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 a position that looked like you had a surplus, you're now getting pretty thin. Mm-hmm. But if anything, Brooke, I think it maybe gives them more reason to re-sign Nick Sealer and yeah. look for an extension there. Maybe it gives them more reason to just keep Stahl. I'm not sure where Stahl's value is right now. He just hasn't played enough, and he is older. So maybe you, you keep those two, and I'm with you. I think you still need to look to cash in on Sean Walker. Um, I'm, I'm, this all goes back to not trying to just make decisions for one run. They they can't mm-hmm. do that for one run. Walker would be an ex, you know, free agent in the offseason. He very much could sign elsewhere, and then, then you get nothing for him right. just to have him for one run. Right. So And you have to I, – I really respect that because I feel like you could be very – nearsighted or no it's the opposite when you're looking at things closer it's farsighted it's the opposite right i think so yeah yeah Yeah. so i guess the flyers are farsighted though it sounds incorrect um or no they're nearsighted looking far (laughs) that is a bad analogy yes anyway it's all good i respect (laughs) the flyers we can edit that (laughs) i like it keep it in I like that the Flyers, even though there has been so much hype around this team, I mean, you have NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman saying the importance of, like, the the NHL needs the Flyers to be a good, strong, productive NHL team. 
And this is the kind of season where it's like, okay, like the Flyers are back, back on the map. They're back on the radar. So I, you know, commend the front office for being like, okay, cool. They're, you know, they're in discussions. They're, they're a hot topic right now with the league. That's great. We know we can be better. And we're focusing on that long term for the future, as opposed to being like, you know what, let's just go all in. Let's just see what happens. Mm. There's no expectations. Let's blow the roof off this place. I like that. I think it takes a lot of willpower to be able to, you know, kind of hone in on that. So it's it's a big deal because so many people have bought in. I am also one of those people. I I would be thrilled for a postseason push this year, but I don't want that if that means they fall off next season, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's all about building back up. Hence the term rebuild. So. Right. And Sean Walker was a guy that, that very much was a cap dump and he turned out to be super effective for them. They had no clue what they were getting in him. I'm not sure they even exactly were looking to acquire him. Obviously the Kings were trying to get rid of cap and that was able to facilitate the trade for Ivan, uh, the three team trade for Ivan Provrov. Mm-hmm. So, I really think they need to cash in on Sean Walker, without a doubt. If anything, maybe it changes how they view Sealer and Stahl because uh, they do need defensemen, period. They need yeah. bodies uh, if Drysdale is to miss time and if Ristolainen is still to miss time. But I don't think it should change, Brooke, how they view Sean Walker. I think they still need to listen hard on him mm-hmm. and make sure they make a move if, if they get a good one. And they very much could. But, Brooke, another thing that really looks concerning – Health aside, mm-hmm. is that schedule? Ugh. You were looking at that schedule today. I was panicking. You couldn't stop looking at that schedule today, Brooke. Yeah, you literally yelled at me to stop. I did. <laughs> Why does this schedule concern you so much? March is going to be terrible. It's a brutal month. <laughs> March is genuinely going to be, and I feel like this whole season, for the most part, has just been okay. Like the Flyers pushing through and and proving people wrong left and right and playing against top teams and you win the game against the Panthers and and you go toe-to-toe and you sweep Vancouver and you have a great game against the Rangers and now it's like hey here is every single Atlantic team that you have not (laughs) played in a three-week span it is terrifying Jordan do you have the schedule up well so I I have that 10 of their next 14 games are Mm -hmm. against teams currently holding a playoff spot Two against Boston, two against Florida, two against Toronto, two against Tampa, and then one against the Rangers, one against Carolina. Oh, that's my the God. next 14 games. That's basically like <laughs> what a two, three week span. That's a lot. That's a crazy. You want to talk schedule. about a gauntlet? Yeah. That is <sighs> so it's gonna be challenging. I think that's, that's scary. That's why Brooke, it was weird. We were talking about how they got that West, you know, we got all the crazy West Coast and Western Canada mm-hmm. games out of the way. Uh, all the tough West teams, and they did. They picked up some headline-grabbing wins, but then it's almost like, yeah, you forgot they still had yeah the top four Atlantic teams to go that are really good. And they're teams that the Flyers just haven't been known yeah. to be that good against in previous years. Yep. Two against Tampa Bay, that scares me. Two against Toronto. Scary. Terrifying. I yeah. am still relieved that they snuck a single point against the last matchup yeah. against Toronto. You got two more coming up. You have um, the Kane sneak in there as well. You have Florida twice, which, I mean, like, Jordan, like, this is this is a lot. This is a lot. And then you look toward the end of the season, and 
the two of the three last games are against the Rangers and the Devils. And, yeah. you know, the Rangers might be clearly set on their way at that point. But that April 13th game against Philly and Jersey is going to mean something at this rate. You look at the Metropolitan game. standings. It's going to be anyone's game until April, right. really. And the Flyers need to find a way to get through this absurdly ridiculous stretch of games that yeah who signed off on that i just want to talk to them (laughs) (laughs) um they will be tested they will be tested i think if they make the playoffs and they still have a very good chance to do so but the schedule without a doubt is a gauntlet but if they make the playoffs i don't think anyone can say they didn't earn it or deserve it because they're gonna have to win some games against top top teams oh yeah and brooke i think maybe the silver lining to it all is if they if they fold down the stretch or if they don't this is good experience. I do sure. think it will be very good experience for some of these younger players that have not played in the playoff race, that have not played in the playoffs, mm-hmm. to play in games like this. Uh, they'll learn from it, good or bad. That's a positive. But, yeah, this is a brutal yeah. stretch. And bro. I'm not saying it's impossible. No, no. Not by any means. We, we were just talking about they They've gone toe-to-toe with some of the top teams in the league. But it's a lot because it's not, you know – game sandwich between like hey we're going to columbus and we're playing the habs and you know san jose luckily is snuck in there they're in there they're one of the games that turn out to be a must win probably given how tough it is it's a great redemption game for how they were when they were in san jose but that is it is back to back to back to back to back to back to back jordan (laughs) like it is it's really nerve-wracking like i sat there at my desk with my hands on my head looking at this schedule <laughs> for at least you 10 did. minutes you kept saying I, I think you kept saying this is bad jordan Hall. <laughs> this is bad jordan Hall. i was is. like yeah it's, it's a tough i schedule. just yeah it's really mm, and it's not red flag concerning freaking out but it's also i just feel like maybe everyone underplayed the severity of what march is going to be yeah i mean if you're going into the season and you're looking at march it's like hey cool you have some really great top teams coming into philly to play the flyers like great we get to watch some good hockey no every single game like they're gonna have to treat every game until the end of the season like a playoff game they really are yeah 15 games in a month is a lot but the quality of the teams that they're playing is daunting they have a nice a very nice home back-to-back <laughs> of the Bruins and the Panthers. Jeez. That's so fun. Yeah. Jordan. Tough schedule. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the crazy thing is the Flyers actually have given themselves some cushion. That's what's, like, wild is, like, they're actually still in a good spot. Mm-hmm. But it is scary if you're a Flyers fan because because some other teams have games in hand, and then you just look at the schedule, and, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be – Really tough matchup after tough matchup. But the Flyers, I think, it, if they can continue to pick up a win here and there and just continue to build that cushion a little bit. Stay afloat. That's yeah, because it, the teams behind them, Brooke, have just been so crazy inconsistent. I mean, mm-hmm. the Devils are so up and down. I think there's a lot of pressure on their head coach right now yeah. in that market. The Penguins, I think everyone has doubted if, if this core still has it. And if Carlson and Latang and those guys can still push them on the back end. Yeah, unfortunately the penguins just never die. But they don't. <laughs> it's just it is what it is. And they have a really good goal differential. I think they're like a plus 15. Plus 15, like yep, spot on, bro. Plus 15 and um and they have four games in hand on the Flyers um and some other teams. So, 
We'll see where it all goes. It's going to be fun. Like I, the fun thing, bro. Ah, the, the I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> the games will be really fun to look forward to because there's no let up. There's no there's no cupcakes on the schedule no. aside from a couple. Um, and I mean, if we even looked earlier in the year when they lost to the Sharks, you can't even overlook any team. Mm-hmm. So tough schedule, Brooke. Here we go. Fun games to evaluate. We'll we'll look at it all here on the Flyers Talk podcast. But a ton of topics today, Brooke. I just showed you this season's getting more and more heated and interesting. But I would love to be having these conversations sure. than looking at the draft. Yes. So it's a win. Looking at lottery odds really is not all that enjoyable <laughs> over the final month plus. Right. Not in February. So we got some March. fun topics and we're going to continue to hit on all of them. Brooke, thank you so much. Great to see you. Great to chat with you. We are in our NBC Sports Philadelphia content room. Great to be here. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. And of course, Flyers fans, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Thank you.